Welcome to Savvy Sab's podcast on call-in. This is episode 48, Force the Vote Revisited. Sam Cedar has revised Force the Vote and denies discussing it on anyone's show, but he did. Let's take a look back at Force the Vote. Did pushback from Sam and TYT hosts hurt the action? So I do want to hear from all of you guys. Looks like we already got people lined up. So, Zach, I'm going to go ahead and bring you in as a caller. Just have to unmute. Hey, Savvy, can you hear me? I can. How are you? I'm good. So, um, I was just, I like to write down when I do call-ins my thoughts. So, um, hold on really quick. Oh, that's cool. You're, you, um, Roger Meadows does that, too. <laughs> I'm very serious about uh, I talked to Nick uh, a while back about some economic stuff, and I really wanted to have my uh, T's crossed and I's dotted. Um, so I'll I'll get the Sam Cedar point um, that I had out of the way. Um, I don't believe he's a progressive or a leftist. I when I was writing this down, I the first thought that came into my head, he's what I would call a metropolitan neoliberal. He, he, you know, he's done TV before. He likes the flash. He likes to be in the it crowd. He, he does MSNBC and he, he wants us to be quiet and let the one percenters set the agenda um, for what needs to be done, you know? And I think that's a detriment because that's not going to get us Medicare for all or the things we need. Um, to let his hatred for Jimmy Dore um, stop him for being an advocate for Force the Vote or any other progressive or left um, issue, uh, uh, th- that just reveals him, uh, in in my mind, is the last nail in the coffin. I'll let you guys speak if so- you want. So when you say you don't feel that he is a progressive, um, what what brings you to that conclusion? So um, a, a couple months back, uh, CJ, sorry if you heard that in the background, um, CJ said that being a leftist is not, and I, I believe this for being a progressive, it is not an ideology it's a movement it's it's a what what you do in your day-to-day life so if you're not actively being an advocate or activist for medicare for all free college um ending the wars um and i'll admit i I, you know i haven't ever been to uh um a protest or anything their extenuating circumstances, but I, I do my best. Um, you're, you're just not a progressive. If, if you're not walking and talking the talk, then, um, I don't think you can give yourself that term. That's why I don't trust any of the politicians because they, they put on stunts. I mean, Cory Bush and AOC, they did that at the beginning of the pandemic, the, um, when the moratorium was going to end, they, they did that, but 
it's been two years and nothing else. So I don't consider anyone like that a progressive or a leftist. Okay. And the, and the reason why I asked that question is because uh, sometimes when, when we make those statements about people, it's just good to give an example because That's otherwise sure. like they'll just come back and say, Oh, well, you, you guys are just like nitpicking or, or something like that. So I, I think it's good to, that you, you gave examples there. Yes. Um, I, I will add in reference to the activism part, cause I, I do think it is important to mention this. I personally do not expect everyone to be an activist. Not everyone is. And I don't expect everyone to be an organizer because not everyone is like some people just aren't good at organizing or aren't good at um, uh, activism. I do realize that that's not everyone's lane, but let's look at what is Sam, uh, Sam Cedar's lane. Sam Cedar is a commentator, right? So this is something that he's a space where he's very comfortable in. That is something that, he has done for a long time. So my my argument to those people who have those platforms, because this is the pushback you're going to get when you when you say that the pushback that you're going to get is that not everyone is an activist. So you shouldn't put people in boxes that they don't fit in. Mm. So my response to that is I understand that. But what can you do with the space that you you are good at and the skills that you do have? Right. You have a large platform. When you know that these actions are happening, bring those organizers on your show. It's and no, it's it's not enough to just be like, because he went back and forth with Misty about this, about the Sanj event. He was like, I mentioned it on the show. Okay, that's nice. But the people that know the most about the event are the organizers. And there have been times where I saw where last year, the March for Medicare for All, uh, secular talk, it was mentioned on secular talk, but he didn't get the information right. And mm-hmm. the reason why he didn't get the information right is because he didn't bring any of the organizers on to talk about the event, which was very easy to do. So for those of us that were a part of organizing that event for last year, like I said, I saw every single show that was contacted because I was in that um, that organizer DM group. So I knew who who they had reached out to. And so my thing is, is that I think people like Sam, you know, I personally am not trying to tell him go out in the streets and be an activist because I just don't think that's who he is as a person. And not everyone's good at it. I'll just be honest. But he can take the skills that he does have and he can utilize his platform in such a way that would elevate those actions. And so my disappointment with Force the Vote is the fact that Sam Cedar and people like Jink Uger Instead of bringing on the organizers onto their show to explain how it would work, they decided to tear down the action and to criticize it. And that, in my opinion, I felt like it hurt the movement. And I, w- I want to get yes. your take about that. I, I totally agree. And um, to what you were just saying, I I don't exactly agree that. Um, so I have a different view of what, you know, kind of an activist is if if you're talking about a subject that I think that makes you an activist if if you're for something. So I, I really, I really like pizza. I, I, I think, well, maybe not activists. I think maybe you're right on that, but advocate, maybe if, if you would want to call that, if you're going to talk about it on your show, you are putting yourself in that arena to, 
to have that close act access to those activists and that that piece of legislation getting done. That's a good point. Yeah. And I just I just wanted to explain that because mm-hmm. um when it comes to I'm just gonna tell you what they hear. When we say, you know, activists and activism, what they hear is get out in the streets and protest. And for some of them, that's just not that's that's not something that they're good at or not something that they're they're passionate about. And I think if you're gonna get out in the streets, you do need to be passionate about it. You can't just go there and just stand and just be like Okay, I'm here. Let me take pictures with people and then go home. That's and an people will see story. that too. Yeah, well, and I've seen people do that. And I'm sure if you talk to um well Nick can tell you about this too, but I'm sure if you talk to you listen to like Rome and like Afini, like they'll tell you, yeah, there are some people who have done that. They just show up basically to take pictures and then they go home. They don't actually participate in the march or anything like that. Hmm. So that's where and then they would get criticized for that. So I think that using your platform to help elevate those events is crucial and is key. And what I've seen oftentimes happen in this space is that because there are personality differences, people won't bring the organizers on to talk about it, sometimes because of who they're in community with. And sometimes those shows won't even mention the action at all because let's say that organizer appeared on Jimmy Dore show. Well, and that's kind of what, what I was referring to before, they um, uh, will purposefully, maybe in internal bias, but purposefully not mention an action, uh, an ideology point like Medicare for All or anything like that, like a function or march because they have a bias against it. Right. And so that's where it gets to the point where the personality becomes more important to them than the actual action that's taking place. And I often wonder, I look back and forth the vote and I wonder, what if it wasn't Jimmy Dore on Jimmy Dore show? What if the town hall was on, what if it was on Bree's podcast? What if it was on Bad Faith, right? Or what I if think, it was on Secular Talk? Yes. Um, I. It's interesting. Uh, I think for the record, the the historical record, I think it had to be Jimmy because Jimmy's dirty. Jimmy, Jimmy's not going to um, give you, you know, the access. Um, it can be argued for some politicians or whatever, but let's just say he's not going to put up with your crap. And there are other people like um, your org- uh, network, uh, RBN and others that I watch that won't put up with that. Um, so it it had to be Jimmy, I think, for that reason. That's a good point. That's a good point. And, you know, when we talk about access, Jimmy was someone that had access to some of those progressive candidates. But Jimmy Dore didn't let that stop him from from speaking the truth about them. Yep. So I, I think that's really important. But but yeah, I looked at it. This is like a missed opportunity. I really do. If everybody could have just gotten on board with it and not really focus on the personalities and focus on the action at hand. Who knows? Maybe we could have got somewhere. Right. Well, and there are other framing of it, like 
getting a vote on it doesn't matter maybe because it failed and they're they're using all these straw mans and i haven't been able to talk about this uh, you know with any other shows you know i i put comments but thousands of people commenting well, Jimmy like, Jimmy did it on a video. That that's the point. When when he was talking about a- AOC, the action is the point. The vote is the point. Right. And and I will also say too that you know, I think that I think I think that when it comes to the reactions that have happened for some of these events I kind of wonder where some of these people would have been during the civil rights movement. Because for people who are not aware, the civil rights movement was not popular at the time. (laughs) Nor was Dr. King. Nope. Nope. Yeah. You know, it it was not a popular movement, was not a popular action. So I wonder where would they have been if like the first couple of protests or boycotts, you see like MLK and other activists being arrested where would mm-hmm. those hosts be? Would they say, well, this isn't popular? Because <laughs> I heard them say that about defund the police. This isn't popular, so we shouldn't do it. Like, what? where would they have been on that side of the issue? Yep. I mean, the civil rights movement wasn't, wasn't won, like, overnight, right? Yep. It took time. But would they have said, well, you know, it's, it's, it's not going to work, so let's not try it. Or like a TYT doing a hit job on Force the Vote. And it sucks because Force the Vote is one of the only examples we need to be doing Force the Votes for every issue, like every day. Um, That's another conversation. But they wouldn't, they wouldn't, these PMC people wouldn't be doing the bus boycotts. They wouldn't be um, doing mutual aid for people doing the actions. It, it's just gotten more concentrated neoliberalism and it's, it's led to where we are today. Yeah. I a hundred percent agree. I don't think, I think there's a difference between reformists and revolutionaries. And I think that a lot of them in this space are reformists. And at the time, like when I, you know, first started watching a lot of them, Bernie was running, and Bernie Sanders was talking about a revolution, right? So I, maybe part of this is my fault too, because I convinced myself that these individuals were also revolutionaries because they were spreading this message. And then mm-hmm. as time went by, I started to realize, nah, they're just reformist. They don't actually really want to revolutionize anything. They want to do what's easier and what's comfortable. Yep. Well, um, that was my point, so I, I think I will uh, let you talk to the other callers. Thank you for letting me on, Sabby. Thanks so much for calling in, Brent. It's Zach. Oh, sorry, Zach. Sorry. I'm going <laughs> to Brent now. <laughs> <laughs> you too. Okay, Brent, you are the next caller. You just have to uh, unmute. Hello? Hey, how is it? Good. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Good, good. So, um... Yeah, uh, I don't think um, Sam Cedar and Jank. I've met Jank in person, and he's very uh, personable in person. But it's there was always something off about him. Like he would all he was always very uh, negative. So, but I didn't think of any of it at the time. But looking back, it's it, 
he it seemed like he had something against Jimmy Dore. Like there's like a personal something happened with them. So um, that's really clouding his judgment. And I think if Jimmy Dore was not um, spearheading force a vote, I think he would have been behind it. But Cenk is letting his personal uh, grievances with Jimmy uh, get in the way. And I've met Jimmy Dore many times. I've, I've attended his many of his shows and he is the real deal. Like people crit like he's not perfect by any means. Like I have some disagreements regarding how he frames the Russian Ukraine war, but that's a very small issue compared to the bigger picture. I mean, he, he is the people criticize him because, um, they're, I think they're jealous or they're, um, he's saying what they want to say, but they're too, uh, corrupted by the money. And, um, but ultimately I feel like even if Jank and Sam Cedar were behind force of vote, I don't think it would have mattered because you look at people like AOC, I think she's a total fraud and she, um, got too used. She wants the benefits and the fame of being a Congresswoman but she doesn't want to do um, what she promised. So she's a fraud. And the whole squad, they don't want to rock the boat. So even if Jank and Sam were behind force of vote, I don't think anything would have happened anyway. So that's just my opinion. <laughs> that's interesting. So you don't think they would have, they maybe would have listened if that message came also came from TYT or you think they still would have? I think even, even if TYT was behind it, I think... The squad would have listened, but they they're too they're worried about their career, and ultimately that would have gone in the way. It would have uh, there would have been more uh, pressure if TYT and everyone else was behind force of vote. But ultimately, I think they're they're too the squad is too used to they want the benefits of their they want to stay in their jobs. Um, and they like the benefits, but they don't want to rock the boat. So they're going to find some, they would have found another excuse anyway. That's and, a really good point, Brent. Um, and I want people to understand that too. You know, if they would have forced the vote, that would have been the end for their career right. in, in DC, which would have been okay because that was the idea with justice Democrats. They were not supposed to go there to be career politicians. They were supposed to go there to disrupt. Right. And they don't want, AOC doesn't want her record saying that she was against it, against Medicare for all. And that would be on her record forever. So she, so she would find, so instead she finds some stupid, she would have found some weird excuse and she would give a, a flowery's bullshit speech. She would give one of those bullshit speeches, one which I have attended before, that that would sound good and convince some people and then she would try they would try to find a way not to have forced to force the vote even so ultimately chank and sam Tier or whatever them supporting force vote, it wouldn't have mattered anyway because i don't know if you saw aoc but she gave a town hall and there were people um screaming at her for supporting um sending weapons to ukraine and yep. she she just tried to avoid the addressing the situation, and she and she uh, blamed like something about some deaf person there, uh, wanting to speak or something like that. Like that's just a bunch of nonsense. Like the AOC was the one who there. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, and and then AOC was, was the was the same person who said that you have to be a, a disruptor to get anything done, and now she's 
now she's trying to put these people down because they're they're shouting and they're rude. It, she's just about the 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 benefits and the the money and the the fame and the whatever being part of Congress. She she's a total fraud. Like that's what. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, well said, Brent. Um. Yeah. She was approached again. For those who don't know, I saw that earlier today. I'll be talking about that tomorrow. But uh, she was approached again at another. Um, community meeting in Astoria and that one did not go well at all it really did not like she just you know she's not used to this she's not used to this is what happens when you have to face your constituents so she's not used to people coming at her like that she was supposed to be the progressive darling this is why the justice democrat strategy they put so much of their energy into her race, you know, they put a lot into her race and not so much into the other races as well, because they knew that she probably had the better chance of winning. And so they invested, invested a lot in her. And here we are. So yeah. she's not used to that. She, you know, she's not used to getting criticized by, especially from people on the left. But she asked, but she's too smart to know that it's expected because when you don't follow through on what you promise, you're going to, especially when you're, you, you campaign on Medicare for all, all that kind of stuff. Like if, if you don't, if she wasn't for forced to vote, then how could she say she's for Medicare for all? It doesn't make sense. Like, and most people that don't follow politics, they see that and they're like, no, this, this woman, she's a fraud. And she, she just uh, gave flowery speeches just to get into power and then she, she's just now she's just a Nancy, another establishment Democrat, and people are seeing through her, her BS, and and she and she doesn't like it, but she she has she has her speech prepared. So if, so if any one of us were to come up to her, and scream at her or whatever, she has her, she has her um comeback plan. Like it's just disgusting to see, and I, I'm glad that there's some people in YouTube that are calling her out for it, at least. So. Yeah, I agree. Um, I'll also say too, someone was telling me this the other day that if AOC was actually going to be a fighter, they wouldn't have let her win. Someone mentioned that to me and, and, you know, I never really thought about it like that, but yeah, she's, she's definitely not like who she said she was, but it's not just her. It's all of them. Oh, right. All of them. But, but she's the one that gets the most attention for some reason. So, I mean, it's just, who are you going to, who are the progressives going to look for, look to, to fight for, for them? I mean, it's not those justice Democrats. It's right. I don't know. Right. I mean, <laughs> right. I mean, and for people who are not aware, I do want to let you know that was actually their first task. The first task that they were supposed to do was Medicare for all. If you go back and you look at all those principles, I went through this over on my show, but all the principles for justice Democrats, the very first thing they were supposed to do was Medicare for all. So the fact that they did not force the vote, like that speaks volumes. And like, I know some people don't like Jimmy Dore, but when it comes to the squad being frauds, Jimmy Dore was right. Yeah. And people, they don't like Jimmy Dore because he's not polite and he, he's not filtered. Like I've met him and I've talked with him. He's made fun of me for wearing masks at his at his shows and it's and 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 some people might feel turned off by that but you have to look at the bigger picture like that's who he is but you have to look at the whole picture like he fought for a force to vote and no other no other person really did that 
to the extent that he did. And, and he, he does come across as kind of crass sometimes. Like I, I have to admit, but if people are worried about that, then I don't know. I mean, they, they're just trying to find excuses to put him down in my opinion. Someone said tonight, they said that, uh, I forget who, who sent the, the message in the chat, but someone said tonight, they said that Jimmy Dore is their scapegoat in reference to force the vote, because they said that, you know, what about all the other people? And I'm thinking about it, like all the other people that had signed on for it, like Cornell West, Crystal Ball was, was for it. Kyle Kalinske was for it. Uh, Katie Halper, Brianna Joy Gray, like there were so many people in left media space that agreed with that and, and signed on for it and were part of Force the Vote Town Hall. And yet at the same time, everyone just points their fingers back at Jimmy Dore as if he was the only one when there were all these other people involved. Right, right. And last thing, I, um, I'm reading some of these comments say that they don't want to talk about Jimmy Dore. Well, when it comes to Force the Vote, he's the only one that really pushed for it. So... Um, to to your other commenters, too bad. <laughs> um, I guess that's it. So I'll let you talk to other callers. All right. Thanks so much for calling in, Brent. All right. Thank you. Okay. We're going to bring in Ashura. What is going on in Canada, Ashura? Everything. <laughs> <laughs> um, when it comes to the video of uh, Sam Cedar, uh, like how, how do you how do you pretend as if you didn't go on Brianna George Gray's show? You never discussed force to vote. I mean, the, the blatant <laughs> lie this guy can say on on, uh, on his show is just it, it's mind boggling. And he has a way he has a way when he's basically like when he's trashing Jimmy Dore because that those are the only videos that basically gives him more views. He can talk about stuff like corruption, uh, the Republicans, the Democrats, and those are like low-hanging fruit. For some fucking reason, they never crack those numbers like the Jimmy Dore numbers. There's always, they're always at the 15, 10Ks, if not less. If they get to 30, 20, 20K, it's like by a miracle. But the Jimmy Dore videos are the ones that basically give them more views because people are just hate-watching for Jimmy Dore. And when he... <laughs> When, he, when he's breaking down a Jimmy Dore video, he always cuts the video so the video itself doesn't give the context that Jimmy is saying so he can twist it. But the audience members of Shura aren't, uh, I don't want to say smart enough, um, they aren't uh, paying attention to that? Do they not realize that this isn't the full context? Well, why, why would they need it? He's giving it to them. Wow! You ever said when he he watches a video, he says pause it, and he then he gets then he gets his own spin. It's like the same thing with the with the thing with Anna Kasparian, and he was he titled "Oh Jimmy Dore's Disgusting," uh, whatever the fuck he said on the title on Force to Vote, not not Force to Vote on Anna Kasparian, and they they played huh. it as if like he was the one going after her, even though it was her that DM'd him after years. I'm not DMing him. But that's just, that's dishonest journalism. Like I, you know, we get enough of that from corporate media, right? So we don't need the, this is why I try to always show the full context. Um, but I, I think that 
you know, it's, it's really interesting to me how things have transpired, but you're right. Like I didn't understand how Sam wouldn't remember having that debate on, on Bree's show. That was over three hours long. Like, yeah, how it, do you not remember that? We remember it. <laughs> it, it, it was not the, it was the only debate. I'm not saying he, he did like 10, 20 debates over forced to vote or Kevin McCarthy and, 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 uh, and Nancy but it was one, you didn't do like 15 videos. You didn't go to 15 channels. You didn't go, you went on one channel. So how do you forget right. one becomes zero? Right. And then, you know, he lost that debate. And then afterwards, I remember he tweeted that she was bait. <laughs> oh God, this is not going over well. He was he basically calling she... her an angry, he was like an angry woman. Yeah. 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 She was, she was, she was saying the angry black woman trope. I'm like, what a fuck a piece of racist he is. This is why, this is why you mentioned that when it comes to the liberals, even if you want to say Republicans are racist and they'll say it overtly to your face, the liberals are racist too, but they gotta they do it covertly. They do. And I have I experienced a lot of that here in Massachusetts. Like they think that they're not racist, but they they are. They just they do it covert. Um, you know, yeah, it's it's really interesting, you know, and after that, you didn't see Sam go on to and this is something that Nick has mentioned from RBN, like a lot of these people that you guys see have gone on to like other people's shows to have these debates, like on to Jackson Hinkle show or Vanguard show. Nick has reached out to those those individuals and they will never, you know, they're not gonna debate a black I'm just gonna be honest with you. After that that debate with uh Bree, Sam's like, No, nah, I'm not gonna have another debate with the black <laughs> because that's that's the thing. Like if you start, especially with the things that Nick talks about, like policing and foreign policy. Like Nick would destroy him on that. And then it's like, depending on what he says and how he says it, then it's just kind of like, oh, why did you speak like that to to a black guy? And that's and they know they would get that. That's why you don't see them come on. That's why, I mean, you guys have got to pay attention. I'm, I'm sure you guys do, but pay attention and you see who goes on to to what shows. And there's a reason for that. A lot of, t- I don't think, I don't think someone like Sam wants to catch that heat from Nick. Yeah, he probably know, he probably he's, knows he probably knows who Nick is because he probably went for you too. <laughs> he knows who I am because he he was tweeting at me at like two o'clock in the freaking morning, and I told him to go to bed. <laughs> like that was it was ridiculous. I'm like, why are you arguing with me at two o'clock in the morning? He doesn't sleep, Jimmy. Jimmy. Jimmy's always on his mind. Hmm. Maybe, maybe his clock basically is Jimmy's laugh. Like when he wakes up, ha. Well, I mean, it's like, I feel like I, I really do like in reference to force the vote. I feel like that story that was told that McCarthy will become speaker. I felt like that hurt the actual action. But 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 it was a it was a bullface lie because it was it was basically explained to Jimmy by yeah, what did Jimmy Mister Toupee Mister Ryan Grimm Mister Nice Toupee and uh, he basically explained he explained it to to Jimmy Dore and I think a couple of days later David Sirota came on the show and there was this back and forth with Jimmy and David Sirota to the point where David Sirota left angry. And oh, he, went yes, he went bitching on Twitter. Jimmy, Jimmy was live. He was like, oh my God, he's bitching on Twitter right now. And David had to come back on the show. He's trying to compose himself. And he was like, really? 
I, 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 don't, I don't remember what the uh, the entire um thing was, but I remember Jimmy said, as a human being, David, as a human being, do you not think they basically deserve health care? As a human being, <laughs> he was repeating that, and David was, like, shook. He was not... Yeah. He, he should have made a comeback. I think CJ was right about something in particular, like when CJ said that, like, David Sirota is really good with writing. And I agree. I think his articles are, are great. Not so great a strategy, though, bud. <laughs> but th- th- that's the thing about it, is that three people lied about the McCarthy thing, even mm-hmm. though it was it, it was cleared by one person. It was cleared by Ryan Grimm, and then Jake Uger went on. He lied about it. Sam, Sam Cedar lied about it. David Sirota lied about it. And then Ryan Grimm, out of nowhere, then lies about it. Mm-hmm. And then, and then there was some this bullshit that went around on the um, the Vanguard, where basically they, they, they lied on behalf of Ryan Grimm because Ryan Grimm said, "Oh well, he was on Jimmy's show. Jimmy clipped the video. He didn't clip the full video." And I was like, uh, "And they were egging Jimmy to basically put the full video." And Jimmy said that there's a segment there. There's a small segment. If you want to go see the full video, he's not hiding the video. The video's on his uh, on his uh, website. They can go pay it to get it. I'm pretty sure it's like seven bucks, seven bucks for 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 uh, the Jimmy to basically become a member. Just go pay oh, seven okay. bucks for one month and go get to grab the video and basically watch it to see if yes or yes or no if Ryan Grimm was telling the truth or lying. And Ryan Grimm was lying, and those guys at the Vanguard and they repeated the lie. And even though Jimmy at that time sent them like $50. I'm like, just use $7 of those $50 and just grab the video. Mm. Well, yeah, I I don't know. I I think I've been, I mean, you guys can tell me how you feel about this too, right? So before, like, before I, I like started my show, like I was just, I was a viewer, like all of you guys. So I watched all of these, all these people, right? And I will say one thing I have noticed, like coming into this space, I have been disappointed because I've realized that some people are not who I thought they were in reference to them trying to fight. No, they're, they're, they're elitists. Uh, <laughs> I don't, I, I'm not saying, I'm not, what I'm going to say is not like a, to be mean against Jimmy, but it's like uh, all the lords and lords, queens and princesses, they're trying to fight with the jester. And the jester is just growling, getting people <laughs> against the kings and queens. Those are those people. So they're fighting with the, they're fighting with someone who makes his living by making people laugh. Like uh, I'll say he's like a clown. So if you're arguing with the clown, the clown's going to basically move people to his side and they're going to push you out. Right. Yeah, I mean it's 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 unfortunate. I don't know. Like I said, I, I I watched a lot of these hosts for like years, and I really thought that like they really wanted to fight. And then you get into the space, and then you realize like most of them don't. They just want to. They just want ego, notoriety, and some type of YouTube fame. And it just sucks. And and you, I saw it more and more once Bernie suspended his campaign in 2020. I was just like. What is happening? The I, the fact that TYT and Majority Report or anyone else who opposed this wasn't willing to do a strategy that was in the DSA handbook 
that was a revealing and like telling moment for me. But because that's about- when I said, like, what's what's what are we doing then? What are we here for then? What why are why are they there if they're not actually going to do force the vote actions? Why are they there? I've commented I've commented that before on his live stream and some you'll have like um Kyle defenders will come at me, try to defend Kyle on Ukraine, try to try to defend Kyle on force the vote. And one one person once told me, well, Kyle did talk about it. Like he talked about it in the show. Like, yeah, at the last minute. He didn't talk about the entire week before we got to, you know, the the, the march for um, force the vote. He talked about it like nonchalantly. How, how's, how are people going to remember that shit? Oh, are you talking about the action in D.C.? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I think it was everywhere in uh, in all fifty states. But and the thing about it that that like basically frustrating. You 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 catch Kyle Kalinsky in a fuck in a fucking lie because he says, oh, he couldn't attend, he couldn't attend the rally, but he has to go to Washington to do one of his segments with Crystal Ball. But there was one in Washington. You couldn't go there for fifteen fucking minutes with Crystal Ball. Ashura, when have you seen Kyle at a protest? Kyle ain't going no damn protest. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like you were in Washington. That's that that that's like you, you can't walk out of this one. You were in Washington while it was happening. You could have just spent 15 minutes. You don't have to make a full video segment. Just pull out your phone and basically show that you're there. Yeah, no, they're not. They're they're not they're not uh they're they're not activists. They're not. And I'm not trying to say that every like I said I'm not trying to say everyone should be, but. But I get what you're saying, because for years they told us that we needed to fight. They told us that we needed to do these things, but they weren't they didn't include themselves. They weren't yeah, talking about the thing. But if you're going to tell people to go fight, you expect the leader to go with you, charging with you. So if you're going to get your head cracked, the leader has to also get his head cracked with you. That's right. And not but everybody's they- willing to do that. No, they're like that guy, the general in the back, not the one in the front, the one in the back, because you, you guys could get go hit, and I'll, I'll just cry for you on, on television. But there's a class aspect to it, too, Ashura. Like, it's it's just not a thing. Like it, it... I, don't know if, I don't know if Kyle was born poor, but Kyle did say that his dad was a, he was a car, uh, used car salesman, and that was Kyle's job, too. So he said his dad couldn't afford um, to pay surgery for something he, he thought he, just, he had a back problem then it was it was something else i'm like how do you he's, go from how do you go from that background to be a fucking snob he's from westchester ashura have you have you been to westchester no i only okay. visited new york yeah like he he's from kyle he, he's not poor he he didn't grow up poor i've been there because when i lived in new york my friend actually had a unit. She had a storage unit up there. I don't know why it was up there. Anyway, that's another story. But he's up there. I, I believe he was up there near like New Rochelle area. Yeah, because he went to school. Because do you know Ray Rice, the uh, football player that was? Do you hear about this Ray Rice story? Do you know about that? I'm not a football player, but inform me. Ray Rice was the football player, black guy, a couple years ago. He got kicked out of the NFL after a video was released where he punched his girlfriend in the elevator. Okay. Do you remember that? Yeah, I remember like something a, like that. Yeah. Yeah, it was like a big story. So they went to the same high school. That ain't no poor area. Oh, wait, wait, wait. You just, you just, oh, fuck. You just remind me of something about Kyle Kalinsky. 
He loves the celebrity status. He loves hanging with black people <laughs> that are celebrities. This guy, I remember what what's his name? Uh, the football player that used to used to have his channel on YouTube. You don't see him that much anymore. Justin Jackson. Justin? Yeah. Kakulitsky like bragged, oh my god, man. Me and Justin Jackson, we're friends, man. We 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 golf every day. Like he's bragging about it. I'm like, oh my god. What this happened guy, to like, Justin Jackson? I think he's I think he's doing football football season or something. I don't know. Yeah, but Justin been gone for a while. Oh, uh, maybe yeah. he probably figured out that uh, YouTube's not it, it's not it's not right. I mean, it's a probably a toxic place. So who needs that? Yeah. Yeah. I just, I I think some people just want to do like, like, again, like the whole celebrity status thing. It's just, to me, it's just weird. And it's like, dude, do you, did you actually really want people to fight like for policies and stuff like that? Or did you just want it to be a celebrity? It's, It's just fucking weird to me. It's weird. It's weird because like in the YouTube space, like most people don't know who the hell we are. You guys realize that, right? Like less than one percent of the population even knows who TYT is. Well, I, I know so, that basically that the only people who would go out to basically fight are basically black people and the very top wealthy white people who basically have never gone outside their their house, basically watch protests from the TVs and say, "Oh man, I, yeah, I feel for those, I feel for those people, man. I want to fight too." So I'm going to put a YouTube channel and pretend I'm basically going to fight, but I'm not really going to fight. I'm just going to send you to go there and get your head cracked open. It's not just black people. It's, it's a class issue. Like, it's true. Like the work they expect us, the like they expect working class, middle-class people to go out there and fight. Like, but, but if you're a millionaire, I mean, they ain't got to do nothing. Really? I mean, you would think I you do- want to. When I used to watch Kyle, he sounded like a younger version of Jimmy because he always had that attitude. He looked like a younger version of Jimmy, and I thought he had the fight in him. Ugh. Turns out that little bitch can't even basically go to a rally for 15 minutes. And Jimmy Dore went from all the way from California. Wait, what, was he? On, was there? Uh, I think there was one in California, or did he went to D.C.? So there was one in California. Yeah, there was one in California. So Jimmy Dore can go out of this fucking uh, mansion that I heard he has. Uh, he has a mansion. <laughs> it's a fucking million dollar house, but people call it a mansion. Um, he could over- go over there to a rally and speak, and he can't do that for fifteen minutes while he's visiting. He's visiting his uh, his rich mama. But again, you got to remember, Jimmy Dore grew up working class. Jimmy Dore. I think Jimmy Dore told me he has eleven brothers. He had eleven brothers and sisters. Yeah, so, Jimmy he was a bricklayer. He was a bricklayer. Yeah, he said his he dad had me. multiple jobs or something like that. Yeah, so you got to keep that in mind. Like, he grew up working class. Kyle grew up in Westchester. I'm telling you guys, it, Westchester ain't no, it's not poor. Yeah, because especially if you have a family of 12 kids, you're you're bound to get one of a couple of them to go to work with you with, with their dads doing their same ja- jobs their dads do. Yep. You're bound to get that because I wouldn't be surprised if every one of Jimmy's family, basically on the men's side, they all did the same work. And Jimmy decided to basically have that experience and basically become a comedian. Although I did find funny that Jimmy talked about how that uh, his dad made him go do a test, but he never got the result of the test. If you could be a cop or not. Mm. Well, I don't know. I just I know like there's there's a difference in the way that people are brought up when you grow up a certain way. And it's this, and look, and I, and I say this as as someone who 
technically people would say that I'm PMC. Technically they would, but I also told you guys before, like I grew up middle-class, but then I was also poor for like five years. I, I worked two jobs after when the housing crisis hit, everything fell apart. And so I worked two jobs. So I know what it's like to struggle. I know what it's like to like wait tables and hope that you make enough in tips so that you can put gas in your car to get home. I had to <laughs> deal with that shit. Yeah, you're basically acting like that scene in the in the I think it was Batman Begins where Bruce Wayne went to confront the mob boss, and he said like uh, nobody knows who you are. You've never tasted desperate. <laughs> your mommy daddy got shot, and you think you're all you're all that. So Kyle probably would never do that. Jimmy, yeah, even Steph. I don't think Steph's against that. Steph would even go there. I I don't know, man. I think it's like if you want to go, basically. Uh, promote something you got to go on jimmy's channel or some other large channel that are willing to fight but the others fuck them the tyt circle it's it's a fucking whirlpool of shit well like i said before they should have never took that money they should never took that money they're not gonna push back on they'll give a couple of rants here and there but they still gonna tell you to vote for them they still gonna tell you to vote for aoc in the squad even though they're not Well, I find it funny that they, they they went after that guy. Uh, Jose was his name. I didn't see the entire video, but um, just because the guy voted for Donald Trump, I I remember when people voted for Trump. Trump was saying all the all the good shit. Like he sounded like he was a he was a rebel, and people got suckered for it. And they saw the Democrats. Well, it was two options: Republicans or Democrats. And they the other guy, like he may be repulsive, but he's saying shit that basically sound good to your ear and the Democrats aren't even saying that and they voted for Trump. Well Jose, well, Jose also said, and for those who are not aware, like Jose came on RBN and talked about it, but Jose also said in that video that he believed in AOC. And they don't talk about that part. When Kyle covered it, he didn't talk about that part. TYT didn't talk about that part. They want to redirect the Yeah. It seems like uh, you're either Team AOC or basically you're a Trumper. And even if you voted for Trump, like you, you, you tell me that there are people that are gonna, there are people that are gonna say, "Hey, look, I voted for the guy. I now see my error of my ways, but I'm not gonna vote Democrat." Yeah, I mean, I can see that. But thank you so much, Ashura. I want to make sure I get to the other callers here. Um. Let's go to Karthik. Karthik, you are now on the mic. You just have to. We always get to talk to you. Um, So I just watched the uh, video that CJ, uh, Rome, and Nick made about, you know, what we're talking about now, Jimmy Dore and uh, adjacent stuff. And so, yeah, so I kind of know what you guys are talking about. Um, But so what people, so I was actually a TYT member for 10 years. So I paid over $2,000 in members fees over that. 10 year span um so i i know a lot of stuff that most people don't know about tyt like i i even met jake seven times and like i i think something that people might not understand about tyt is that they it seems like they genuinely like 100 believe that like making like like tough uh vi- videos on youtube like is uh genuine pressure not like threatening to not vote democrat or threatening to not donate to you know the progressives so I think that's like one misunderstanding that we have about them. Oh wait, uh, what were you saying? You said about genuine pressure. 
Oh, yeah. So it seems like TYT, like, uh, genuinely believes that uh, making, like, tough, uh, uh, a- angry videos on YouTube is, like, actual pressure, not, like, protesting or, or not, like, threatening to not vote or to, for Democrats, you know, like, withholding your vote or threatening to not uh, donate to Democrats. Really? How have those angry videos been uh, putting pressure on the squad? Because they haven't made any changes. Well, it's not just uh, uh, just Democrats. It's also like it's in like reference to Biden or Obama or really like, like, like uh, uh, any Democrat because they always have the strategy of we're going to vote for them. You know, like uh, uh, g- giving your vote to someone doesn't really mean much. You know, it's just like one thing you do like once every four years. But at the same time, if, if you don't vote for the, you know, the uh, establishment candidate, that means we're, we're going to smear you and say you're dangerous and stuff. That's hilarious. Do they really think that Joe Biden and Barack Obama is watching this? Well, they actually, well, they always try to get them to come on their show every four years. Like, they also tried really hard to get uh, Hillary to come on their show, but obviously that didn't work. (laughs) And I think, like, some of it is, like, like actual uh, jealousy, because people don't know that a few years ago, or, like, maybe five years ago, like, like, uh, Anna actually had her own like personal channel on youtube which talked about like some political stuff and it got like no views it got like less than ten thousand views i didn't know that yeah and so did uh, uh john uh i i Iderola, who's also like a top host at tyt so they all tried to do their like own personal channel where they talked like some of it was light but also some of it was political like hard politics and they got like zero views so they so while tyt now has like like a, like a really nice uh, uh, million dollar studio, and Jimmy like has, and they have like dozens of employees, and Jimmy has like just like a like a small studio in his garage, you know, with a like crappy green screen and sometimes crappy uh, 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 internet connection. He's still out doing them in views, even with like the same exact stories. It's because they're not. Look, I'll be honest. Like, TYT used to be better back in the day. I agree. I'm That's why I was a member for 10 years. But now, like, they just look like corporate news. They look like a corporate news <laughs> channel on YouTube. And, and constant narcissism. Yeah, and, and constantly, like, putting down voters, shaming activists. They smeared Julian Assange. Like, it's yeah, just... I, I saw that live. It was heartbreaking. Like, I just didn't understand what I was watching. Mm-hmm. It was, I think, like, July 2018. I, I remember it very vividly. They should have never took that money from Jeffrey Katzenberg. They should have never took it. And I, I think sometimes maybe there could be some jealousy that Jimmy left TYT and he was able to do well on his own. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, I saw there's actually a, uh, a video Jake made like a few days after he, like that investment was made. And his like, I guess like the way he rationalized it was that, hey, we're taking this money, but it's not going to affect us. You know, it's not going to have uh, any control, like uh, editorial control. And, you know, all businesses need money. So it's not, and, and we're not like a politician. You know, we're not like a political organization, like a super PAC, but they clearly are like a political like business and stuff. And so Jenk used to always, I remember this, he said that many times, like before he took the money, he always said that uh, uh, donors for the Democrats are slightly better because they don't hate gay people and they don't hate black people. So I, I think that's uh, how he was uh, rationalizing it when he took the money. I wouldn't necessarily say that Democrats don't hate gay people or black people. Oh, yeah, I, I know. I, I'm just <laughs> paraphrasing what, what he said. 
Yeah, it, it just, you know, we saw like their rhetoric change, like after they took that money, we see what's going on, we see what's happening. And it's just, I don't know who's watching that show. Like, I really don't know because I'm like, well, I, I have friends who still watch TYT and Sam Cedar, and we don't talk politics. Like, we just talk about stuff other than politics. It's really strange. Like, they have like millions of subs, and it's like there's no no growth. Like, we did like a, a deep dive over that one time where you could see like they weren't there was no growth in like subs. I'm like, who is watching this show? But of course, like I said, they're on that corporate algorithm, so they get pushed out. That's the same with any TYT network affiliate too, by the way, Humanist Report, Rational National. They were also, Kyle was a part of that, that algorithm until they got rid of him. Like for like, for like the smallest criticism ever, it was like the lightest criticism and and they got rid of him quick. Well, you know, Jordan Sheridan did talk about this when, when he came on my show last year about how there's just, you know, Jink wants total control. And it just like he just comes across to me as I don't know why anybody would want to work for him. I wouldn't want to work for Jink Uger. Yeah, I actually was offered an, an intern position uh, many years ago at TYT, but I didn't take it because because I was in college. Uh, was when I was in college, and I, I I just couldn't get it to fit with my schedule, um, my class schedule. So now looking back, I'm happy I didn't take it. Yeah, that's probably a good idea. I mean, it's it's like. I still remember when Jink was against, he was against TYT employees starting a union. Now they got it, but he was against it. But you're supposed and to be clear. Yeah. And what's really hideous was after like the, the union was formed, he actually like, like he was like supported the union the entire time. He's like, oh, I support w- w- my, my workers' right to advocate for themselves and other stuff. It was really heinous. So do you think that if Let's Pretend forced the vote again, like wasn't on Jimmy Dore's platform, do you think they would have been for it? Let's say let's say if it was on Majority Report's platform, let's say it was Sam Cedar's thing. Do you think that they would have been for it? Um, well, I think what people forgot is that like in the first like few days or the first week, both Jank and Sam Cedar actually did support it. They're like, oh, yeah, this is a, even though it's not perfect, you know, it's it's a great thing. And, and Jimmy, because even Sam Cedar, who's like who's always hated Jimmy Dore for many years now. It was like, oh, yeah, Jimmy's flawed. But he, they actually did support it, but it seemed like maybe they talked to some. Because what people don't know is that Jake actually is a friend with some politicians, and I'm guessing Sam Cedar is too. But it seemed like, it seems like uh, maybe they talked to some of their politician friends, whether it's AOC or, you know, Tim Ryan or whoever, and then they got them to, to and, then, and then they got their mind straight. I, I think people forgot that they initially did support Force, force the Vote, even though it was, uh, you know, Jimmy's idea that he got from DSA Handbook. Mm, I forgot about that. And and the thing is, too, is also that this is my point about being friends with politicians. That's the thing about when you're friends with them. Yeah, it's going to be harder for you to criticize them. Yeah, and I think what some people don't realize is that TYT, like, uh, uh, unless it's making like a, like a tough, angry video, uh, if it's like actually action on the ground, whether it's like a protest or a march or like pre- threatening to not vote for them or donate to them, threatening to not vote for politicians, I mean, they really see that as, like, right-wing pressure. Have you noticed that, Sabi, or, like, right-wing activism or action? I I have seen that. They're they're absolutely ridiculous. Like, that doesn't make any sense. It's like, no, like, you're not allowed to get criticism from the left. No, you are, especially if you donated money to these politicians. You should be heavily critical about them. 
Yeah, I remember like it was right after Super Tuesday in 2020, like Jank and Crystal Ball actually, who's like kind of like so as much softer criticism than uh, Jimmy Dore or, you know, RBN. Like they had a mini debate, Crystal and Jank, about threatening to not vote for Joe Biden. And Jank like kind of just like uh, w- went off at her and like, no, we can't threaten to not vote for Joe Biden because that helps Trump and the Republicans. I mean, at the end of the day, they're they're Democrats. At the end of the day, see, what is the point? What is the point of a progressive movement and taking over the Democratic Party? If at the end of the day, they're still going to tell you to vote for the corporate Democrats. Well, you know, Jenk always says, I remember there's like a debate between him and Jimmy in like 2016. He's like, yes, there's a lesser of two evils, but there's still the lesser of two evils. He was really emphasizing the lesser part. Then if that's the case, then why even have Justice Democrats? You see what I'm saying? Like, this doesn't make, it really doesn't make any sense. Like, it's just, you're giving the corporate Democrats exactly what they want. And I say the same thing about Bernie Sanders. For Bernie Sanders to suspend his, or excuse me, to tell people not to vote or to vote for Joe Biden before he even suspended his campaign, that said something to me about Bernie Sanders. So what is the point of these progressives just to mobilize people and to energize people if at the end of the day they're going to tell you to vote for the corporate Democrats? Because let me tell you something, the corporate Democrats aren't telling you to vote for the progressives. Well, I think for Jank, like part of him, like still like it's kind of a branding exercise because he's still like I'm sure he because ha- he said all the time, but I'm sure he has still hopes of being like bigger than CNN. So for him, the Justice Democrats are kind of like part of his like political uh, identity, you know. So like so telling people not to vote for Justice Democrats, you know, progressives in the Congress, it's kind of like him a- a- admitting that he failed. Yeah, I mean, it's it's you know. I, I, I'll just be honest with you guys. I think Justice Democrats was a grift. Like, I really do. Oh, for, from, the, from the beginning? I think it was a grift. Like, Even like I, from the, the, entire, the entire time? Maybe not necessarily from the when it was first established, because I looked at what was outlined, what were the principles, what was supposed to become of it. And part of that was to start a third party movement. Part of that was to get the progressives to make third party and independent candidates more viable. That was a part of the original Justice Democrats strategy. And then they took that out. They actually didn't remove it from documentation. So it's still there. Like if you Google it, you can still see it. But they just decided not to do it. They wanted yeah, to I remember. Yeah, they weren't just supposed to run Democrats through the um, progressive through the Democratic Party. They were also supposed to advocate for third party candidates and independent candidates. That was supposed to be a, a part of this. And then they just decided, yeah, you know, we're not going to go with that. They weren't supposed to take corporate money. And then they messed up and they took started taking billionaire money. Oh, did they? Yeah, I, I didn't know this. Yeah, because I talked to people that worked with Justice Democrats at that time. So Zineb was she's been on here before Zineb. Yeah, she, she's great. Yeah, she worked with Justice Democrats, and she explained the whole thing about what happened. She said, once they said they were going to take that, take money from billionaires, that's when I decided to leave. And just yeah. like that, like, it, it got co-opted, like, just like that. So it, it went from being, like, something that really could have been really powerful to just, eh, 
we're just going to tell you to vote for the Democratic Party. And here's the thing, the corporate Democrats in D.C., Nancy Pelosi and all of them, they know that. See, they know. See, now they know they got you. They're like, we got the progressives now because the squad is doing what I tell them to do. They're voting the way I tell them to vote. I'll let them do a couple of progressive gestures here and there to make it look like they still fighting for people so they can still energize the progressive base and then divert them right back into the Democratic Party. So they so they got a they have a stronghold on these progressive politicians that are in DC. So this movement is done and I'll, I'll give you an example and you know how it's done. Where are all the progressive candidates that ran this year for Congress? Where are they? The majority of them lost their primary races. You don't even hear about them, do you? Yeah, the I know there time, was like that one like, like like AOC type in Texas. I forgot her name. But like I, I know she like yeah, yeah, she lost yeah. by like, I think point two points. I, I know TYD has been like pushing her heavily for like three or four years now. Yeah, and I knew she wasn't going to win either. Like it's just see, this is what I'm saying. Like the ones who got in, they they were lucky. The corporate Democrats, they readjusted their strategy and said, okay, we need to find a way to prevent the rest of them from getting in. And someone told me tonight, I need to go look at the poll. But someone told me tonight that Dr. Oz just passed John Fetterman in the poll. So it's it's just like the progressive candidates that were running this year. How many of them do you guys know? Besides Jessica Cineros that she that he just mentioned. How many of I, them do you know? I think there's one in uh, uh from uh Chicago area or like somewhere in uh Illinois that lost. I, I forgot his name. I, I think he was a black man that lost in the primary, unfortunately. But yeah, I, I, yeah, just Democrats has been endorsing a lot less candidates recently than they did in I 2018. Mean, I knew quite a bit of them because I interviewed some of them over a year ago, or actually almost two years ago now. I interviewed some of them. So I knew who they were, but you notice you don't see that same type of push for these candidates anymore like they did AOC and Rashida Tlaib and all of them. And then they did that seize the house uh, panel. Marianne Williamson did that panel. Uh, and yeah, then, I wanted a barf. Yeah, they got there was a lot of pushback in the comments about that because people were tired of the shit. People are like, no, why are you doing this again? Don't you see what has happened with the squad? Well, we have to increase the numbers of the people in the house. Increase it to do what? To go along with the Democrat establishment? Yeah, I still don't know what the fuck the point of the Caesar House Town Hall was. It just seemed like so fake. It was it was supposed to promote those progressive candidates, but some people felt like that was just basically a shadow promotion for Nina Turner's election. And then you saw Nina Turner lose twice in a row. Oh, Nina! I, I used to love Nina Turner. Like I wanted her to be Bernie's vice president and and, and a future president, obviously, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just seems like there's like, I don't know, like, like, do you ever lose hope sometimes or like just feel like you, you want to give up? I mean, I think that if people look at hope as electoral politics on a national level, yeah, you might lose hope. But if you look at hope as electoral politics on the local level, uh, city councilor positions, mayor, governor. And if you look at hope as direct action and mutual aid, then I don't lose hope. 
And I think that's the problem. Like we, you know, in this country, we're, we're really, I I feel like, I don't want to say we're brainwashed, but we are really conditioned to mainly focus on national politics. Mainstream media does it too. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. So it's like, I'll talk to people who have no idea, like they'll know who's running for Congress. They'll know who's running for, for president. But if I ask them, who's your city councilor, they don't know. If I ask them who's running for mayor, I don't know. They don't know. Because when it comes to electoral politics, mainstream media mainly focuses on national politics. And I feel like that's, well, it's, it's not just mainstream media. It's plenty of independent media. Like TRT used to say that like uh, local politics is a waste. Local politics is what got them some of 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 the rights that they have in California, which is where they live. Yeah, like uh, minimum wage and also uh, uh, marijuana legalization was through a prop proposition, right. not 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 a bill. It, it's a waste for them in reference to their career. <laughs> because most people aren't going to want to tune into them just to hear about what's happening locally in, in California. But when it comes to actually winning and getting big wins on the local level with progressive policies, you have a better option. You have a better chance. Look at all the states that have passed $15 minimum wage. And then here we are, you know, a, a lot of the, the left media pundits still sitting back waiting on, Oh, let's let's see if Joe Biden can get this done in in DC. Like, oh yeah, uh, Dark Brandon. Like, I can't believe secular talking TYT are praising him as uh, Dark <laughs> Brandon's going to say it's really sickening. But anyway, uh, it's, it's I, I, this, yeah, yeah, it's the same narrative. It's the everybody from that TYT network. They say the same thing. You can watch one of them and already know what every single one of them have said. We got to keep praising politicians. <laughs> Mm-hmm. But anyway, last thing, uh, have you been watching Unbossed with Nina Turner this week? <laughs> I haven't yeah. seen, I don't even, I haven't watched TYT. It's it's really hard. It's just to sad. Now, like, I'm genuinely sad about it. Because I did give them a lot of money as a member for many years, a decade. Wow. I'm so sorry. Anyway, sorry for taking too much of your time. Okay. CR, you're up, man. Have fun. All right. Thanks, Karthik, uh, for calling in. CR, you are next on the mic. Hello, how are you? Uh, Yeah, I'm doing okay. Doing okay. Tired from a long day, but other than that, I'm doing okay. Um, So, yeah, just right off the bat, I have a very important question to ask you. Um, were you trying to raise my fucking blood pressure by playing that goddamn McCarthy become speaker clip again? <laughs> I fucking like punched my steering wheel as on the way driving home. I was like, ah, not this crap again. Not like literally, but you know what I mean? Just like, I was just, oh, just made my blood freaking boil. And I was like, Sabby, why'd you have to play that clip? <laughs> oh, uh, man. But no, but my real, my real question is, 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 uh, uh, this 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 progressive label I think has is, is a problem a lot of people have in, in their mind of like what maybe what the label started off as to what it has been co opted with now because do you really believe because isn't it something over a hundred members now of the progressive caucus? Yes, I believe, I believe so. Yes. Do you really believe that there's a hundred 
progressive members in there? No. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. So, and, and, and people keep fucking calling John Fetterman a progressive when I, you can pull up the clip from the NBC interview where the lady asked him right to your face, are you a progressive? And he says, no, I am a Democrat. He makes the distinction between a progressive and a Democrat, but yet I still constantly keep hearing people talk about Fetterman like he's on the left or they call him progressive, progressive John Fetterman. And, da, 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 da. and I'm like, out of his own fucking mouth, he said he's not. Like, why, you know, am I, am I taking fucking crazy pills here? Like, uh, to me, it just seems like it, it's it's just such a fucking co-opted phrase now. It, it, you know, it's, it's, it's like woke. It's fucking lost its meaning. If you look at the progressive or the so-called progressive candidates that we have now, they're weak. It's, it's yeah. the, the progressive term is so weak now, it doesn't mean anything anymore. Because you put them into the Democratic Party and the Democratic Party co-opted the term. Bernie Sanders was one of the co-founders of the Progressive Caucus, and he let the Democratic Party co-opt that, too. This is why someone like Ted Lieu is in the Progressive Caucus. Jim Clyburn is in the Progressive Caucus. They're not progressive. Yeah, and they took our revolution, and what did they fucking change the organization's name to? Pragmatic progressives. Like, could could you literally cut the nuts off the bowl anymore from something like our revolution? Powerful. To the point. Pragmatic progressives. It's like, just why don't you call yourself fucking shit live express at that point? You know what I mean? Yeah. And, it's, and, and so, yeah, there's definitely a, a noticeable difference now. And some like, cause you know, when AOC was running, it was more fire. Remember, you know, I'm not even going to vote for Nancy Pelosi and I don't care if I'm a one-term politician, you know, and now these other progressives that are also supposed to be progressive, like Nina Turner getting fucking kicked in the face by the fucking uh, Israel defenders. And then she turns around and fucking puts out a big letter to fucking praise them after they, they kick her in the fucking teeth. The fucking dem- uh, the all of the uh, DNC endorses her opponent, and she still sits there and, and, and pledges uh, fealty to them. Just lets them kick her in the face over and over again. So they've figured out now that you'll still come along, and they don't even have to even they don't have to even try anymore. They don't even have to let you even have your little sleep out on the steps that achieve nothing. You know what I mean? Because they know that they're, you're, they're, this, it's, it's a completely co-opted movement. <clears throat> well, I I have to say this, and I don't know, you know, how everyone feels about it, but, and I said early on the show, but working class people that have, a lot of working class people that I've spoken to that supported this movement are not happy. And mm-hmm. there has been this this drive for whatever reason to abandon the working class once again so first the working class people get abandoned by the democratic party who said they were the party of the working class many years ago right now the working class people they decided to get behind a movement that was supposed to you know fight for working class issues like health care right like canceling student loan debt, like things that were actually going to help people in this country. Now the progressive movement has also abandoned the working class. So once again, the working class people in this country have been tossed to the side and you even had progressives who are catering to these elite academic coastals instead of the working class people who gave them their last $5 so that they could help them get elected. Yeah. And that, and that to me right there, that is that thing that they're missing right there. What you just said is very 
very key to the frustration and the anger people like me and you and Karthik and, and many of our other uh, disenfranchised lefties, you know what I mean, uh, 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 feel. You know what I mean? This is this 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 anger of 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 fucking believing. Like I I, I say it this way, and it's maybe a little bit hyperbolic, but it, it's pretty close to the mark. Bernie broke my fucking heart. Mm-hmm. Like he broke my fucking heart. Like there was a moment, you know, because I, I just 2016, and even uh, being as leery, uh, even though I knew better, I knew better than to to, to love again. <laughs> I knew better than to you know to to put on the black dress and go back dancing with Bernie again in 2020, but I still kind of let myself believe again. But by that time, you know, once it, once it came down to the thing and, you know, he just fucking bowed out and just said, okay, everybody just vote for Biden. I, I was, I was just furious. And if anybody even mentioned Bernie, I would just fly off on a fucking tirade and people would just be like, Whoa, what, what's your problem, dude? I'm like, I'm a lover scorned, you know? And, and, there, and there's so many people, you know, now and T Y why is TYT not fucking growing? Because 85% of their own viewers in a private members only poll. So these are the people, these are paying TYT customers that fucking said, we're for first the vote. And so you don't think that if you go, not only just not against the idea of, of, of the, of, you know, oh, man, I don't really support that strategy. They, they were antagonistic. They smeared people and they lied to their teeth. And they somehow pretend that we're so fucking stupid and we have nowhere else to go. That we're just going to fucking shut up and eat our porridge. Oh, yes, sir. Thank you for my gruel. It's like, no, no, fuck you. You've pissed a lot of us off now. And so now the only thing that they have left is just smears. Oh, you're a red-brown alliance. Da-da-da-da. Oh, you're actually a secret alt-right guy or whatever. You know, you're not on the left. You're, you're, you know what I mean? That's all they have left now because the fucking anger is real. Look, I stood out in the fucking cold for Bernie Sanders. Like, I I really, like, my husband and I, like, we stood out in the cold, 7 o'clock in the morning, bundled up for Bernie Sanders. And you talk to people who canvass for Bernie Sanders in Iowa, like, Savage Joy was one of those people, for those who are not aware. And in the cold in Iowa, knocking on doors for Bernie Sanders. And to abandon a movement when we had the numbers to really do something, to just walk away from it. Yeah. Not even get an ask. You're never going to get that support again. He's never going to get that support again. You can't do that to working class people. It's the same thing with with Barack Obama. I, I hate to say it. They didn't fucking learn their lesson. After Barack Obama, there was people that never voted in their fucking life that went and go, I'm going to go fucking vote for Barack Obama. You know, maybe some of that was because they, oh, you know, I actually identify with him, whatever. It doesn't matter. The point being is it brought out new energy. We brought out people that had never came out before. And there were people that were super, super enthusiastic for it. And then when it came down to it, we got no hope. And we got very little to no change or just change, not in the good, not in the good direction, like more wars and drones and bombs and all that kind of stuff, you know? So they, they had a lot of people that, cause there's a lot of people that then turned around and voted for Trump. So to me, to see this, this, this swinging back the other direction and, oh, the Democrats are going to get decimated. It's like, yeah, you did it again. You broke everybody's fucking heart. You led them on, you gaslit America. You know, you literally drug us by the tip of our dicks. <laughs> out there saying, oh, don't worry. We're going to go duck around the corner and I'm going to give you a handy 
and, and, and then they just fucking disappear on you. You know what I mean? You, you, you feel like a fucking idiot. Like, oh, I fell for that line again. You know, like Lucy holding the goddamn football for Charlie Brown. It's like, how many times are, are we going to let ourselves land on our back before we finally go fuck you? You know what I mean? <clears throat> and so that's, they, they right. really can, that's to me, it's just like, it, it, it shows a fundamental either stupidity, arrogance, or uh, ignorance. Uh, you know what I mean? Because other than that, what's the alternative? You do know what you're doing. And I sometimes believe that more than anything. And that's why, to just to my last thing I'll say, get back to the original point of force the vote. I don't fucking believe any of these people, Sam Cedar, Jank Uger, any of these motherfuckers in the beginning that were kind of tentatively for it or, you know, uh, uh, Sirota saying, oh, yeah, it's a good thing, but you're not getting enough asks and you're not doing it the right way. Yeah, it's, we should force them to vote, but we should do much of others. You know what I mean? Whatever it was. Because how do their policy positions look now? Just a couple years later, you know what I mean? The, 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 still fucking uh, not not supporting any uh, ground movements, still not coming out for like Assange, being fucking pro the Ukraine war. I could go on and on and on. So to me, I see that their policy positions haven't even just really stayed like, oh, kind of we're kind of milly mouth, kind of lefty, kind of Democrat. No, you just they just keep trotting slowly towards the center or to the right. You know what I mean? So they're, to me, that, that that tells me something. Like where where are your fucking morals? Where's where's the shit that you actually believe? If you can just kind of constantly just kind of go with the tide and oh, the tide right now is fucking you know dark branded. So that's what we're going to be all about. It's like, dude, you're fucking a windsock, brother. You've always been a windsock, and 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 it bums me out and it breaks my heart too. Because I used to be a TYT fan too back around 2016. You know, it's like, oh cool, this is cool. This is up my alley. Oh wow. Like-minded individuals, <laughs> you know what I mean. But now I just realize it's a fucking show, and we we should have known, you know, with the the upskirt pictures and 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 I'm sure you've seen the the the, the lengthy video of Jank saying the N word like 50 times. Yep. Yeah, you've seen that. So you know what I mean. Just being a sensationalist, you know, doing fucking revenge porn kind of shit. Just you know bestiality, whatever, you know what I mean? There's just so much crap. If you go digging through their old archives and shit, we were just fools to ever believe it, even before the cash. I honestly believe that the cash was the point. You know what I mean? We're going to make a business out of this, and that's it. And we really believe that they believe something. So when somebody else comes along and they show that they actually believe something and it makes them look bad, well, of course they have to fucking, you know, tear that apart. But their politicians get worse. They take the TYT or they took the Katzenberg cash. What's Anna start fucking doing after that? Attacking the homeless in L.A. What happens yep. to be a big pet project of Mr. Katzenberg and their and their uh, circle of people? Rich fucking Southern California. Yeah, they, they yeah. don't they don't they don't rich fucking uh, Southern California people don't like the homeless problem. So you see yeah. that. It's a direct you can see it. You can see clearly how just just like I remember so many people that are like. Did you see this video of Anna fucking just going off on homeless people in L.A.? And I'm like, well, this, isn't that what her donors want her to say? Yeah, yeah, because uh, for people that are not aware, Jeffrey Katzenberg wanted to criminalize homelessness in Los Angeles. And yep. he is the guy that gave that $20 million to TYT. Just for people who are not aware, um, we're just making the connection there. But yeah, and we noticed their policing videos had got pretty cringe, too. She was basically yeah. advocating for more cops and things like that. And so they got a lot of pushback about that in their video comments and on Twitter. 
And so that's why they brought on Olaimi to talk about police abolition, because even their own viewers were like, why don't you actually talk to people who are actual police abolitionists about how it would work? So then they had to do that. So they did that video where they brought Olaimi on. And then Jink was totally rude and disrespectful to Olaimi. I don't think, I'll be honest with you, I'm going to keep it real. I never met him in person. And I don't have to, uh, but I, I can read people better now. And the impression that I've gotten from Jink, I don't think Jink gives two fucks about women. I don't think he cares about black people. I don't think he cares about working class people and poor people. I think Jink Uger cares about money. Yeah, you saw the video of him yelling at the, the two black airline employees, right? Mm-hmm. Over a thing that they, they had no, like, they, they, they could fucking tell the plane when to land, when to take off. Like, the lady taking your ticket has any fucking control over that, you fucking ape. And he's just berating them. And it's just like, dude, you, you, have no, you have a fucking blind spot there. And apparently, yes, where you thought it was okay to upload pictures of women's genitals without their permission to your website, doesn't really show a lot of respect for women. And Anna Kasparian was totally fine with doing that, by the way. It's not like he was by himself in those segments. She was totally fine about doing that. So just just keep that in mind. She was, what, executive producer at that time, I believe? Like, she was totally fine. She took over when he ran. That was the little game that they played to make sure that there wasn't any uh, conflict, things that they could get jank on. She took the reins when he decided to do the campaign, if I remember correctly. And I believe she gave it back after his campaign failed, if if I remember correctly, I'm I think that was the, the point of that. Because I was, I was at the time, I was watching fairly regularly. But yeah, just like, last thing I'll say, man, it's just this, this, yeah. as soon as you see Sam Cedar just not being able to shut the fuck up, no matter how many times Brianna Joy Gray tells him, I am not Jimmy Dore. My name is Brianna Joy Gray. Please talk to me. You know, the asshole wouldn't stop bringing up policy, uh, a personality over policy. And to me, that's, that's the litmus test almost you always need with these fucking pundits. If they're not willing to stick to policy, and it always goes back to personality, you know their game. That's a good point. That's a good point. That's something that Nick, uh, Nick, my comrade from RBN, he mentions often, like, just stick to the, bring it back to policy, you know? Um, that's that's a good what I, I love watching. I love watching Nick and, 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 and Rome and CJ, you know what I mean? Because they're, like, always like, what the fuck are you going to do for me? You know what I mean? Like, how is this going <laughs> to fucking help us, motherfucker? You know what I mean? I'm like, yes, thank you. You know what I mean? They're not just sitting there going like, oh, this person's a this person's got a bad attitude. I don't like them because they have a bad attitude. It's like, no, it's like, what the fuck is your policy? What are you pushing for? What are you out there doing? Like that's that's what that's what should fucking always matter. I don't I don't fucking care. You know what I mean? Fucking Kim Jong un and Donald Trump and Putin and all of them could come out right now and say that everybody should have Medicare for all, healthcare for all. And I'd be like, Cool. I hate you on everything else, but thanks for making that, you know. Clocks right, broken clocks right twice a day, point. You know what I mean? But they just won't take fucking yes for an answer. And that just that just tells you that, to me, I don't think, yeah, I think they were fucked even pre the money to, to answer the, the larger question you were asking earlier. But uh, thank you for taking my call, study. Thank you so much, CR. Case Study QB is here. What's going on? And I'll bring in Danielle as a caller as well. Hey, what's going on? Much love, Sabrina. Much love to the chat. Hey, Danielle. Hey, much love. what's going on, guys? Hey, Danielle, what's your opinion about all of this? So um, I had a few points and there was so many things that we talked about. It's so hard. Um, but uh, one of the things that I, I definitely wanted to say um, in regards to force the vote and AOC, AOC 
progressives, the squad in general is what is exactly like what I feel like was she just they all just had an election. And um, to be honest, um, after what they what we already knew, I feel like them winning their election, even at this point, even at the point where they did, there had already been so many failures where really their election was a reward. And I don't think I think that moving forward, we need like an absolute strategy for when these candidates, progressives, anyone, uh, people that we were we were behind so much and we were so for the agenda. And then when they go against the agenda, vote with the corporate Democrats and 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 become what they have become, like what is the what 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 do we do about that because i don't think reelecting them is the is the answer i think it blows my mind that pelosi gets reelected every time it, and then how long she's been in office and i guess my point is what are we going to do because at some point we've got to say hey we've got to stop once they go in and they were atrocious like their 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 first tenures were were bad um there's countless not only the votes calling her mom even just all of it they they were and i understand there's to some level i understand when you get when they get in you're going up against the machine and everything but that was it like we voted them in and you've brought this up before like they were supposed to not care about their political careers like they were supposed to be like the up you know the agenda like get that done and then then we'll make moves like once we're in the inside and then we got on the inside we got quite a few of them on the inside and then and then i feel like they're still rewarded for the behavior that's right that's a good point danielle um I think for me, the biggest revealing moment was force the vote. And because again, like I was saying earlier, if you look at the actual Justice Democrats principles that were lined out, the very first thing they were supposed to do was Medicare for all. So that came from the DSA strategy from the DSA handbook. They were supposed to do that. And when I saw that they weren't willing to do that, and not only that, but not one of them was willing to attend the force the vote uh, town hall. For me, that's when I realized, you know what? They're not going to actually, they're not going to fight for us. They're not going to do it. So yeah. And they stopped being a vocal about it. They, it stopped being, it stopped being an agenda. Right. So another thing that that's good to, for us to focus on is how many times they vote along with Nancy Pelosi. So that's something I've talked about a couple of times on my show where I've shown people most of the time, they voted. It was over them. seventy, right? It's it was it over was eighty. Like, it was over eighty, yes. and over ninety-three percent of the time, they vote along with Joe Biden. So, most of the time, they're voting along with the corporate Democrats, who are the people they're supposed to be pushing back against. So, that being said, what is the point? There's no point of them. There's no There's point no of them point being of there. Because they were supposed to be like a left tea party. So my response is, is this, and you guys, you know, do as, as you feel freely. But for me, <laughs> I would not be voting for them. I think all of them and, and Ilhan Omar is already on shaky ground because she almost lost her primary. She came very close. So I think all of them, they need to be primaried, all of them. 
all of them. And I don't Absolutely. think they need to be, they need to be primaried with a Republican or a Democrat. I think they need to have either a, a strong independent or third party candidate go up against them. And they need to have to debate. The reason why someone like Nancy Pelosi continues to win, she hasn't had to do a debate since like the 80s. That's why she just keeps getting reelected because just like that's the known face. Everybody knows who she is. They never get to hear from the other people who ran against her. People didn't really get to hear from Shahid Buttar. If there had been a debate, imagine how the turnout could have been. So that's a big part of it. What we don't want to happen is we don't want people like AOC to get to Nancy Pelosi level where they don't have to debate people anymore. That's dangerous. Yes. And I'm sure the more and more she gets called out, <laughs> I'm sure the more and more that's likely to happen. Um, Cause that's probably why um, uh, Pelosi doesn't do a lot of um, um, on the ground um, speaking with people. Cause that usually backfires and she doesn't, uh, handle that well but it's still it's still mind-blowing that she's um the face and not just pelosi like all of them and then the, it, I, I mean on either side it's mind-blowing that these people still just can have decades of decades of failure and still get so much support and yes and i agree with the third parties and i'm always right there and sometimes i take a look around and i look at what's going on on in our Twitter sphere. And sometimes I forget, like you said, and like we've brought people on the show that have said that there's not really a real left. And sometimes when we're surrounded, when I'm surrounded by our community and, and our Twitter sphere and our people, our YouTube community, sometimes I forget that we're small and, um, and it's big out there and there's not a lot of us. And, um, um, now I forgot my point. I'm sorry, <laughs> but, um, whatchamacallit, but um, yeah, I totally forgot my point. I'm totally, totally sorry, but... um, Oh, no worries. Let's let uh, uh, Case, you want to chime in here? Yeah, yeah. I just wanted to add um, that not only uh, they don't want to debate, they also don't go on independent media, and I wanted to make the point that, you know, if AOC was continuously going on independent media where we can ask her the questions of how, why is she voting for funding of the Ukraine war, et cetera? We wouldn't need to protest her asking these questions or quote unquote rudely ask these questions. She would be proactively um, answering them. And then we might not agree with what she said, but at least we know and we wouldn't have to show up to, you know, various town halls and scream, you know, and town halls that are screened. The questions are screened ahead of time from what i understand uh right. it needs to be a, a, an arena where we can freely ask any question and of course you're not going to ask rude or weird questions it's political questions that constituents and people who have donated to her in the past want to know the answer to that's right case that's that's a really good point and i think you know something i, I will say in reference to you know, Jose, when he spoke out against her at that town hall, by the way, Case, I don't know if you know this, but there was another town hall in Astoria where it was a group of people. It was a group of them that said they were really angry with her. I'm going to talk about this tomorrow night. And they were just like, look, I'm tired of getting like taken over by Big Pharma. Like there's like, you're not doing what you said you would do. And, and AOC started dancing. 
And it just made her look really bad. And I'm just like, dude, she was dancing and, and, and smiling. And I'm like, Are you mock you're mocking working class people who freaking like fought to get you elected? That was on video. Oh yeah, it's all on Twitter. Oh, I'm a DM it to that. you. Yeah, please DM it yeah, to me. Yeah, I'm surprised that I'm that. not. That's that's crazy. that sounds like right out of the Diane Feinstein piss people off handbook. Wow. Yeah, um, it was it was it was pretty bad, but I, I will say, you know, like I said, force the vote for me was the big eye opener. I think I'm like, now I know they're supposed to be doing that according to the Justice Democrats like strategy and the principles. That was the very first thing that they were supposed to do. So I said if they don't have the guts to do this, they're not in this to to fight for us. They're not they're, they're not gonna fight for us. They're not gonna and so during the middle of a pandemic, you won't force the vote for Medicare for all? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. wow. No, they won't. In fact, that was their, that they made, they made buku amounts of money off of, that's exactly probably why they didn't want to do that and why they don't ever, will ever really try. And we're going to have to, I don't even know what we're going to have to do to, um, ever get medicare for all you got any ideas because i'm all out i'm gonna be honest with you guys mm -hmm. like about medicare for all on the national level and i asked real this question too and i uh you know appreciate